Welcome to the Maverick Mouthpiece Podcast. Your host, Donnie Spears. What's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Maverick Mouthpiece Podcast. I am your host, Donnie Spears, a.k.a. Mr. Black Maverick, a.k.a. Mr. Don't Touch That, a.k.a. I do what I want because I'm popping. And I'm not alone. I'm here with my co-host, Shalom Ferrier, a.k.a. Shalom the Dom, a.k.a. Shafei, a.k.a. I got a face for radio, a.k.a. Shanasty, a.k.a. Shabooga I don't know. Shadoikadoy? Yo, Shadoikadoy, yes, I can't. Shadoikadoy. I almost forgot that one. I can't stand you. I cannot stand the ground you work. I said work. Jeez, walk on. Lord, you drunk? You drunk, Mike? Nah, Brody. I'm just tired. It'd be like that sometimes. But guys, this is how we how much we love our craft. But even though we're dead tired, we still gotta get an episode out. So with no I say with no further exactly. without further ado, we're gonna get kicking. I mean, we're gonna get... <laughs> Jesus. It's been a long time. It's okay. We're doing the we're doing exactly. this for you guys. All right. We're we're <laughs> Can't even get Without out. further ado, we're going to get it popping, and we're going to kick it off with our hot takes. Shalon, take it away. Boop, 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 boop. Hot takes, hot takes. All right, so on today's hot takes, number one, uh, we got Tiffany Haddish. She is expressing her fear of bringing children into the world, and... Um, Honestly speaking, she made some valid points and, you know, especially with the current climate that we're in, uh, I completely agree with her Um, to kind of summarize her reasoning behind saying that um, basically she just she's terrified of creating someone who, quote, and I quote, looks like her, Um, you know, meaning black. you know, and fearing that they're going to be hunted. You know what I'm saying? So I, I completely understand where she's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Um, like police are reckless, not referring to the cops that are actually out there doing what needs to be done in these neighborhoods and stuff like that. But the ones that just have no care or regard for human life, um, I completely, you know, understand her fear. It's rational, um, but, you know, certain things, if that's what you want out of life, you just got to go for it. That's just my personal opinion, but, you know, bless her. Hopefully, at some point, she feels comfortable enough to where she, you know, can make that decision if she wants to proceed with being a mother or not. Um, Yeah. Uh, In further hot takes, hot take number two. Let's get this going. Shout out to Champagne Poppy, yo. Oh my god. You're smiling really hard. That was weird. (laughs) You need a towel? What just happened here? Okay, for those of you who don't know, I'm like a super duper Drake fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Jimmy in the wheelchair. You know what I'm saying? Even before he got shot, basketball player Jimmy on the grassy. We out here. You know what I'm saying? Running through the six with all my woes. Yes. Okay, anyway, but yeah. 
I only counted two woes. Oh, that's okay. a champagne poppy. So apparently he has a new nickname. Uh, they are referring to this man as Billboard Poppy as he has surpassed um, having the most hits on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, yeah. And he's leaving like the game. He Correct. And as far as runner-ups, uh, you got Madonna in second place, the Beatles Whoa. in third, Rihanna in fourth, Michael Jackson Whoa. in fifth, Mariah Carey in sixth, Stevie Wonder in seventh, Janet Jackson in eighth, and the list goes on. Lil Wayne is up there. Um, and then, of course, Taylor Swift. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. I'm not a Swifty. That's their name. So I, I don't, I don't know. Swiffers, yeah, whatever. Swifts, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> what? what is this? The '60s? The don't girl know. group? What if girls can? Don girls can have a group? Are you being? Wait, can a woman be sexist? Oh, okay. Yes, there it is. yes. That is completely possible, but I'm, right. I'm not. I just need a clarification. Clarification pending. <laughs> nah, it was received. Gotcha. Keep going. But uh so hot take number three. Well, our ex favorite person, Ellen DeGeneres. Yes, they're they're gunning for what? her super what hard. Uh, so the Ellen DeGeneres show is currently under an official uh investigation as, at this point for mistreatment, uh discrimination and racism in the what? workplace. Uh, yeah. Where have I been this week? Yeah, like, that was... uh, I mean, you know, like we're talking I, about I don't know. Ellen, Ellen, like, yeah, like Dory, yeah, like low key black yeah. Ellen, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. We, we we'll follow up on that on an, another episode. Um, yeah, because that that one hit different because. You know, Ellen, she's been doing a yeah. lot for people, you know, for a very long time. But even still, I feel like, you know, not saying that she's one of those people, but I feel like there's a lot of people in the world who capitalize on doing good mm-hmm. for others just to make themselves right. feel better outside of what they do behind uh, closed doors. Unrelated, so, you related know. note. Have you ever seen Ellen, uh, her Netflix special? It is actually good. Like, Ellen's funny, like she's really funny, and she has like this one segment. She is I think it's like towards the end where she just likes craps on everyone that's not as rich as her, but she does it so politely. <laughs> it was like, whoa, yeah, no, no, like honestly, like I'd hate to see Ellen fall from grace, quite yeah. frankly. Um, because she, based on what the general population knows at least you know from what we've seen she seems like a really mm-hmm. good person and everything like that so you know i hope this all turns out well for her um and you know all the parties involved and everything like that um hot take number four in more covid business related oh, news um yeah so we got walmart and a few other major quote-unquote retailers uh, who will no longer enforce uh, their mask policies so yeah people are out here scared you know because there's others that are attacking employees in these establishments and everything like that so i mean i understand 
but why would you be lenient or why would you remove something in place you know what I'm saying just for a few people like at almost every Walmart or CVS um you know matter of fact I'll name a few of the locations that are actually going through pulling back on this whole mass restriction so uh, it's Walmart, Home Depot, Walgreens, and CVS to name some of like the major ones. Um, yo, but we ain't the ones complaining about rent. You know what? I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for it. <laughs> yeah, but they but they have to cater to their mass population. You know what I'm saying? Their mass demographic. Mm-hmm. So you know it's 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 all a numbers game out here in these streets. You know, nobody cares about anybody else's life. Um, what I will say though, people, please stay masked up. Like this is not over. You know what I'm saying? Like we are about to hit a tailspin pretty soon. Like just please wash your hands, sanitize, wear your mask. Wash your ass. Exactly. I can't I can't preach that enough. Like please. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know when it rains, like, we're going through the whole hurricane season situation right now. You know, when it rains, it gets real muggy outside and sticky. Mm. Like, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be feeling some type of way. Just go ahead, go ahead and slide that soap down your leg. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is all right to let that soap touch your body with water. Touch. Sorry. <laughs> it is okay. But no, seriously though, people, like stay masked up. Um and try not to get into it with the Karen's and Ken's of the world. Just stay safe out here. Like these people tripping, tripping. And last but not least, on this uh amazing hot take session that we got going on here just for you guys, you know what I'm saying? Um GOP, well, ex-GOP presidential candidate Herman Cain, he passed away from coronavirus. R.I.P. Yeah. No. Well, I mean... Whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa. (laughs) What? Did you just say say no? I did. And this this is not to sound crass or insensitive or anything like that but I, I just want to I just want to say the views of our co-host Shalon Ferry does not um, what did I say does not uh, reflect the views of Black Maverick Entertainment but no I mean I'm, I'm going to be as politically correct as possible with this um, as someone in politics mm-hmm. Um, in addition, as just a human being in general, someone who has exposure to modern technology, Twitter, TVs in your house, iPads, whatever, as someone who has seen what coronavirus has done to our country, I mean, I don't care what your political views are and who you support as a presidential candidate, whatever. It's okay. You're a Republican. You're going to support your, you know, your platform, whatever. My thing is, you 
have a responsibility to yourself and those around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you went to that Tulsa rally. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Without a mask. Yeah. Without a mask. So I don't feel sorry for you. Like you you literally single-handedly brought that on yourself. So I have no remorse for you. Because that because that was that was reckless to yourself. It was reckless to your family members that you exposed to the coronavirus. It it was completely reckless all across the board. So you're not gonna get a RIP from me or any sympathy from me because of a, de- a decision that you made knowing what the consequences could have been. So if you passed on feeling proud, you know what I'm saying? That you went to that rally and you supported your, you know, your beliefs and all of that, that's cool. But you you're not getting no empathy or sympathy from me. Period. So that's how we're gonna handle Again, RIP. Um, sorry for your loss and to your family and loved ones. We, we all know this is a devastating time, but um, that's just on this side, guys. Go ahead. All right, that's gonna do it for the hot takes, hot takes, hot takes, hot takes, and very yes. hot. Whoa, spicy, <laughs> muy caliente. Wow. All right. Um. <laughs> that did it. <laughs> yeah. You really said, yeah. I don't give a fuck that you died, Cracker. Uh, for the record, I mean, I know, black. so Cracker just sounds better right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to no. say nigga. This is too much. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sensitive time. It's really sensitive right now. To our listeners, um, we do not support racism. Not at all. Um, I don't even so... care if they pay me twenty thousand dollars. But yeah, all right. So on to the dicky oh, notes. Oh yeah, yes. Coming up next, artist of the day. Right quick. 
riding in my coop, shouting. Hey, listen, don't believe nothing they saying. I promise I'll be good to you, baby. Riding in my coop, shouting. Yeah, he never got a talk. I can tell by the look in your eyes. Riding in my coop, shouting. Yeah, he never got a talk. I can tell by the look in your eyes. Riding in my. Our topic today is about mental health, yeah. that son of a gun, mm-hmm. something that I feel like we all need to pay attention to, we all need to monitor, mm-hmm. something that is a very, uh, well, I'm not going to say now, but probably 5, 10, 15, 30, 20 generations ago, it was a taboo topic, mental health. Especially but in now, the community. It's a, exactly, but now it's definitely um, it's definitely something that's worth talking about now, because uh, a lot of people, you know, close dive off the deep end sometimes. Yeah, I feel like that was a good political way to say that. I agree with that. So yeah, that definitely I'm gonna kick it off. You said PCP. What? No, oh, I said it's definitely PC. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, we do not do that on this show. I don't care what they say. <laughs> but anyway, I'll go ahead and kick off the conversation about mental health. Uh, mental health, I feel like at my age now, I am low-key turning into a mental health activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, only because uh, this is a sensitive topic for me. Because... I am a mental health mother fluffer, whatever. Is there like a, what I say, a group? Is there a group for mental health people? Like, what do you call people with mental health? Oh, I mean, you can do AA. They have different levels of that, I think. Um, or you can go see a therapist. Or no, you know how people like. What's the cool nickname? I don't think mental health people have cool nicknames. Uh, shrink. No, God dang it. I mean, those all fall under mental health, but you know. I know, but I feel like somebody needs to. Oh, you mean like a you know, like category? Yeah, uh, like like you got the alcohol anonymous people. Mm-hmm. You got the substance abuse people. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what do you call those who? Uh, I don't really like the word "suffer" from mental health because I mean I get why they say that, but still, yeah. who um... deal with mental health? I guess. I guess you can go with Animaniacs. I don't know. That is actually crazy. <laughs> that's funny. Animaniacs. Wow. That is... That's it's kind of scary that it was spot on, though. Just a tad bit. Yeah. Where do I get so, this stuff? Um, do you know... I don't know say do you know. How does... Uh, well, how, how can you even answer that question? That's crazy. Um, Are you affected... Or not? Ooh, see, look at that. That was just crazy. Mm. Are you affected? Um, um, mental health, Shalom. Mental health. How does it? Uh, how does it go in your, in your family? Um. How about that? How about we start there? As far as my family per se, um, 
there aren't too many conversations. Wait, let me, change, sure let, me, let me change the let me change the the, um, the question. Okay. How does your family deal. view and deal with mental health? There we go. Okay. Well, based on my background, um, you know, being Caribbean and everything like that, the whole idea of mental health isn't necessarily something that was ever in the forefront of any aspect of life um at least from what i've seen um but you know as i've gotten older you know being a part of american culture and everything like that and just even in like the last what maybe in the last 10 years and seeing how the world has really changed um i think my mother she has somewhat of an understanding um, but how to deal I, I don't necessarily think that you know anyone can really truly grasp or deal with everything that's going on and you know process it in a way that's healthy um, right. so you know that's to the extent of my whole family situation um, mm-hmm. as far as mental health diseases um my great aunt she had dementia uh so you know in seeing how that changes just your day-to-day life um you know it kind of gives you even more perspective you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. literally watching someone deteriorate to the point where like they can sense you in a way or they know to an extent that there's some type of relation there but they technically really don't actually know you mm-hmm. um yeah it, it's it's quite an experience but um for me personally uh i do try to take mental breaks as far as whether it's just not going on social media for a few hours a day or if even I just want to be by myself without being bothered by anyone, whether it's my significant other, my mother, sister, you know, whomever, just to have that moment to decompress, not even necessarily to read a book or watch TV or whatever, but just to just sit there, you know, that that's really therapeutic, I think, um, especially in the climate that we're in right now. But as far as mental health, how how has that been addressed, I guess would be the best way to phrase that in your family, you know, unit situation <laughs> or you directly? Um, well, I would say I, I come from a very traditional African-American home mm-hmm. where stuff really don't get a uh, addressed mm-hmm. that's just the way uh the majority of our community has been um i have i will say i have begun to so I, I didn't i've never identified with mental health or like what what word am i looking for because i'm a part of that community yeah. like i i'm not going to say you've never identified with any of the symptoms per se as far as like if you are experiencing a particular you know aspect of it because mental health there's so many different you know ways that it can manifest itself 
it could be through depression or anxiety or you know. Hold on, start that over. Someone FaceTime me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, I was saying, um, you know, as far as you were saying that you don't, you didn't quite know how to identify with it. So I was saying there's so many different aspects of it. Um, you yeah, know, so it so could, that it can manifest itself. It could be, you know, through anxiety, yeah. depression, or you know, physically cutting yourself, or you know, there's so many different things. So yeah, definitely. So I would say it started when I was a young lad, when he was a young warthog. <laughs> when I was a young warthog. <laughs> Sorry, it just helps me. No, it's okay. Really, That's my movie. If you haven't seen Lion King one and a half, make sure you do that. You don't hear that static? No. Hold on. It it gotta be coming from my end then. Maybe every time I get a notification. Yeah, just put your phone on silent. Yeah. How do I do that? I just the button on the top left corner. Oh, I did do that, but still. Ah. Uh. Do you have headphones in? More than likely. No. That's oh. okay. Um, well, then I have no idea. Hold on. I mean, he was a young boy. Okay. So, um, I would say as a child, I suffered from... Well, back then, it seems like just hellacious trauma. Mm-hmm. But the older I got, I realized, well... It wasn't that dramatic as I made it, but it did take an, uh, have an effect on me. Um, again, I grew up in a not really don't ask, don't tell about your mental health type of society with my family, but you know, not much was really addressed because I don't think people knew how to help, honestly. Yeah, but also. Not to cut you off, but to touch on it just a tad bit, um, and things that I've noticed, the whole, not even necessarily don't ask, don't tell, but certain, it's the more so stay in a child's place kind of mentality. Right. You mm-hmm. can't bring up certain things, or mm-hmm. you don't have the opportunity to express how you feel, mm-hmm. because it's viewed as a sign of disrespect to your elders. Exactly, right? And yeah. I never understood why our community, like, went that route mm-hmm. like so many kids would have been like i feel like kids would have grew up differently yeah if they felt they had a safe place but i can't i kind of i, I kind of it's too it's too twofold because i understand why our community did it mm-hmm. but at the same time we see that it didn't really help us we didn't benefit from it we just became more whatever we are to this day compartmentalized yeah pretty much and we're we're numb. We're so numb to mm-hmm. like a lot. Like mm-hmm. the black community is a, is numb to a lot, especially when it comes to a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like mental health. Like it it was weird just because we're we're taught in school, you know about we. I think you you learn about people like with mental health mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. And when we learn about it, it's like oh okay well that's crazy or that's wow okay mm-hmm. but no one really talks about how close it is like you can have a mental episode at any point in your life yep. and you're not equipped for it like you don't know 
what to do. You learn about it, you hear about it, but you don't know what to do. And that's sad. Yeah. Because yeah. society back then, now, like I said, now it's a little more, you know. Prevalent. Uh, yeah. It's more um, friendly, more user friendly. But mm-hmm. back then, you said you suffer from depression or you have mental whatever. Mm-hmm. You were already labeled as crazy. Or the R word that got banded. And um, yeah, nobody knew how to deal with it. But back to what I was saying, uh, it wasn't until I was probably 20, early 20s, mm-hmm. I started noticing behaviors of mine that made me question what the deuce was going on in my head mentally. Um, I was always isolated. But even as a child, I was always isolated. Right. But the sad, so one of the, the, I mean, I still get sad about it now because I feel like I wouldn't be, I'm not saying like I'm messed up, but I wouldn't be as how I am now if I like actually had people to talk to then. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the blessings and the curse, curse was uh, I was always like so popular and, you know, just a funny guy and everybody liked to be around me, but no one believed me if I was sad. It's like that sucked because mm. I was always making other people happy and making them laugh. And I'm like, no, nigga, I cry a lot. Yeah. Why don't you believe me? <laughs> I mean, but see, me? even in your delivery right now, I know, right? It's like that's a that's a tactic I had to learn. Yeah, which is like it's crazy because I use now. This is the most cliche thing ever. I really use laughter and stuff to like just to mask it because I don't know that was easy to do. Yeah, I mean it's always easy to do though. You know you're always keeping or at least always staying on your toes or deflecting with the there we go. That, that, there, that's you know, it. It's like you'll you'll say a joke or you'll make fun of yourself. And other people will laugh, and you'll be, they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, he's so funny, or she's so funny, mm-hmm. ha ha ha!" But you're dead serious. But you're still dead, just going along serious. with it. Yeah, right. I, I've been there as well. I I still do that to this day. Like I have an issue. I do too, which is crazy. Like, yeah. what? Like it's it's just so second nature to me. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got older. I like I said, I, I noticed some behavior. Uh, patterns and stuff and just like my mentality and things so I just started identifying where it came from Mm. and per usual a lot of it is childhood trauma man like yeah people are scarred like yeah and the majority of stuff you can't control at all which is crazy to me as Mm -hmm. a child you can't control a lot of it but I like for example even though I was always like I was a good kid happy kid, blah, 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 but I had a bad temper. Like, my temper was just horrible. Mm. I mean, like, it's ridiculous horrible. I mean, still to this day, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have authorities on standby, just in case. Oh, wow. So, right. So, but as a kid, uh, so I grew up with both my parents until I was 11. Okay. And then uh, my parents got divorced, and it was just raised by a single mom from 12... And yeah, so there's that goes. Yeah. So I guess what what um what kickstarted my mental health, whatever, 
was the absence of my father. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I grew up 11 years with a father figure. Right. And then one day, he's not there. And the crazy thing is, I didn't get the reason why. Like, I, so I didn't get the, I didn't get the real reason until I was 24. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. So I was about 24 years old. So what I, what my, what my mother and father led me to believe. And if they hear those guys, it happened. All right. Whatever. But, um, uh, so my dad was alcoholic Mm. and that was hell. Like that was. I have stories for days. That was hell. So, um, they would always, like, I grew up in an environment where they always argued every single day, like, nonstop, just arguing, which is why I get, like, cringe in relationships now, because, like, no, the moment I see my partner unhappy and I see not happiness, I'm scared. I'm running. That's, I say, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm shutting down and I'm going under a rock. Can't deal. I can't deal with confrontation in a relationship at all because of my parents. Mm. So, um, you know, parents fight, and you know they just say a bunch of hurtful stuff if they're not mature enough. Right. And so, all those years here, my my mother called my dad a drunk and all that stuff. Blah blah. When she finally gave him the boot, she just led me to believe he chose alcohol over his family. Mm. So. Without any, you know, further explanation, I went from uh, 11, 12 years old to becoming a man thinking, dang, my father really chose the bottle over his his son and his family. Mm -hmm. And and so I didn't talk to my dad from 12 until, hmm, I don't remember because I know my mom just like shut it down. But he used to work at the liquor store across the street from my house, mm. which is because that's ironic, man. hilarious. So, and I, the only time I would get to see him if I actually went to his job. So, around 15, 14, 15, those were like my worst years ever because, you know, it's just a young kid mm. without any male guidance, blah, blah, blah. And so, it wasn't until 18, my dad just came back around. Because my mother had had enough of my, my, uh, my ways. Attitude. Yeah. Right. So, but, so growing up and, and not having like that male figure there. And again, like my dad was God to me, like it's God. And then my dad, like my dad was perfect to me. I saw no flaws in my dad. I don't even care. Like my mom was just, to me as a kid, my mom was just the lady that lived there. Because my like my I had my father, which is yeah. like a lot of people don't get to say that, especially men. Like I had my dad. Yeah. So so her anger in raising two sons, she would just vocalize it. Mm. And she would speak about my dad. So then by natural design, I began to share that same view about my dad. Because I'm like, yeah, mom, you're right. That nigga really blah 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 blah. Only to find out years later that my dad had an affair mm. and that's what did it and I'm like mind you, I'm like 24 years old mm. and this just happened to come out me and my dad were sitting at his house talking and I think at this time I was dating someone talking about getting serious with them 
and he just was telling me about he and my mom's marriage. And it came out, and I was looking at him like, "What? What you just? What you just say?" He's like, "Yeah, man. If I never, you know, cheated on your mom, I would probably." I was like, "Wait, what? Mm-hmm. I thought you." Chose alcohol. Mind you, I'm 24. Mm-hmm. So I thought you chose. He was like, "No, that's. I mean, your mother didn't like it, but the reason why we broke up was because I cheated. Mm. It was at that moment I was like, "Yo, I've been this scarred because someone failed to tell the truth." Bitter baby mama syndrome. Man, what I'm trying to like that that blew my, like I carry so much resentment mm-hmm. all these years because no one said anything. Now, granted, I still would have been upset. Like, Dad, why would you do that? Right. But the level of anger. I became, I literally became a man by myself because no one wanted to tell the truth about what happened. And so that affected many relationships with women because I didn't, I've never saw a a healthy relationship. I've like, to this day, I've never seen a healthy relationship. (laughs) I don't know what that looks like like at all which is crazy to me because growing up in that nonsense and then just just a bunch of stupid stuff but I didn't even know like so fast forward probably like 20 I'm 28 now so probably like last year or I was 26 me and my dad was talking and he told me he dealt with uh he suffers from depression Mm. and I'm like nigga where were you when I first started with divorce, like, yeah, why are you withholding this this information from me? If you would have told me, now I understand why a father don't want to speak about certain things, yeah. especially to his child, but especially to his son also, because you got to look at it from his perspective, you know. I get yeah, definitely, I get it, but it's like I went through such, and I still go through a lot of dark periods dealing with depression. But if I knew that my dad dealt with it, that I would have felt more secure and safe to know this guy's just like me and he's my dad so when I have an episode I can go talk to my dad because this nigga goes through it and so I can kind of like piggyback of how he deals with stuff Mm -hmm. but he told me he dealt with depression like my dad grew up rough like Mm -hmm. I never I never understood I I get why parents don't talk about stuff Mm -hmm. but you gotta like I don't care how God forbid, if I ever become a parent, I would like to have a good, balanced out relationship, but I want to be the one to expose them mentally mm-hmm. to like negative stuff in the world. Like, I don't want them to figure it out themselves. Yeah. I don't and want them to go through. Yeah. Like, I want them to go, all right, this week we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. And I know it can be uncomfortable as a parent because. You don't want your children to look at you sometimes. Prime, prime example, right? Mm-hmm. Kanye. Mm. Right? When he spoke about North almost being aborted. Mm-hmm. You don't want to tell your child something like that. Yeah. But because that's a because that's a choice to me I feel like People benefit more from uncomfortable topics because it ultimately helps them to not just say something. Yeah. Um, I, like, agree. I, I agree. I agree. I disagree with that. 
to an extent. But continue your thought. Prime example. So I it wasn't until I was twenty twenty five probably. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom were in Georgia at a cousin's house. And my mom grew up with my cousin and they were just talking about like how far they came in life, blah blah. And he just like opened up about his life. Mm-hmm. Talked about um, you know, being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And then my mom said it. And I'm looking at my mom like, nigga, what? You? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mom, why did you never tell me this? Because if you would have told me this, I would have told you back at eight years old when I was sexually abused. Mm-hmm. And then again at 12. Oh, wow. But my mom never, like, that was never even a topic in the house. Right. And it's like, I get why, because you don't, as a parent, you don't want to, like, show your child how ruthless life really is. Yeah. I would rather, I don't, I don't, I would be one of those different parents, man. Like, I just got, like, God, I would do, I would have done so much, so many things differently if people were just, like, not free enough, but just open enough. Yeah. Like, damn. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I try to, I try to play devil's advocate a lot, um, mm-hmm. and you know to kind of piggyback on the whole Kanye thing about him, you know, being vocal about North almost being aborted. I mean, you know, I, I forgot, I forgot how old I was honestly. I. I kind of, from 17 to now, my life has kind of been just, like, one big, one big piece. And, you know, I remember a lot of things, but ages, you know, specific things and all that sometimes, you know, it, it gets swept under the rug. But, you know, my mom has had a few conversations with me, you know, she's been very open. You know, I I was almost aborted as well. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's kind of a again, it comes back to the, I wouldn't necessarily just say black community, but minority community. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the Caucasian community, because they have a lot of abortions too. You yeah, know, I many, think they lead in abortions, honestly. Yeah, because how many Ivy League, you know, Ivy League students, their parents don't want to cover up, oh, my son had a baby out of wedlock, or my daughter got pregnant by such and such, and you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just one of those things. I feel like in me even being pro-choice also, mm-hmm. it's just like I'm happy the decision was made to not go through with that right. because of everything that I've witnessed, you know what I'm saying? Being the old and being the oldest child also, you know, that that puts a lot of strain on you mentally when especially if there's situations that you have to, you know, go through with that parent while they're, you know, figuring it out, it is really difficult. And it kind of puts you in a weird headspace because you see so much at a young age and you think to yourself, you know, you don't necessarily want to mirror in any of these, you know, habits or patterns and even, you know, in the partners that you choose, but in true, you know, for your theory, uh, 
end up in a situation where your patterns match your parents's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to put the right words together, you know, because it's such a delicate balance that you have to still maintain because I try, again, in playing devil's advocate, I try to look at it from that other person's perspective mm-hmm. and what their thought process is behind that. You know right. what I'm saying? So even though it might not be right, you know what I'm saying? It might not be the right thing to do, but at the same time, it's gonna it's making them feel better and it's helping them cope with what they're going through. Right. So you kind of got to take for me, what I've kind of been working on, um, especially in the last like three or four years, um, is just more so taking things at face value. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and taking things at face value, it's just like, I'm going to take it for what it is. And right. Then... And, and so, not to cut you off, that's how I am too. And it's mm-hmm. like, but I'm, I'm such a thinker. Yes. It's like, I because I love playing devil's advocate. I think that's one of the best jobs to have that I'm not getting paid for. But <laughs> same, I take things at face value because for me, it helps me not be as disappointed. Yes, because uh, it's definitely a safeguard for yourself. It really is. But also, it's damaging because you put up this facade that you're okay and- with things that you're not. Exactly. So I'm, it breaks I'm you to... down, man. Like that shit. It it weighs heavy. It weighs so heavy. Sometimes it does. Because you want to say so much, and mm-hmm. you you can't. Ex- it's not even that you can't express it. You just choose not to because you don't want to delve further into something that's gonna either, you know, just be swept aside, or it'll right. turn into a huge argument with right. whomever it is that you're, you know, having that discussion with, or it may uncover some deep, dark secrets or feelings that you just weren't ready for and you can't process. Exactly. I feel you on that. So I feel like, I feel like one, one reason why I take a lot of things at face value is because now I feel like I've, I've just grown mentally numb mm-hmm. to negative stuff yes anything that can affect me i feel like i've become numb to it because i was quiet for so long mm-hmm. so i've learned how to just deal with it learn how to mm-hmm. i've learned how to not take life so personal um for me in in some aspects it's a little bit of the opposite mm-hmm. um i tend to bottle a lot of emotions um and just a lot of different things i, I bottle it up and then I'm that person, like, I'm kind of a ticking time bomb at times, and Mm -hmm. I just kind of, depending on what it is, once I'm triggered, it's just everything just kind of bubbles over, and then everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy, and it's just like... Right. See, I'm glad we're having this conversation. So, uh, on one note, I used to, like, frown upon, because this is how we're taught, which is Mm -hmm. just ridiculous. I used to frown upon therapy. Mm-hmm. Yo. because that's what I was told Yeah, you don't need nobody you don't need a stranger to tell you mm-hmm. but I will honestly say it's been one of the best things that I've ever done the it's... idea that a stranger yes. has no choice but to listen about the craziness about to come out of my mouth Yeah, and whether they believe it or not they're not going to pick a side Yeah, 
that's probably the greatest hope I've ever had. Now, um, I have I have yet to clinically be diagnosed mm-hmm. with bipolar, uh, being bipolar, mm-hmm. and or um, depression. Mm-hmm. But going to therapy, you know, my therapist, shout out, you know who you are, gave me the heads up and said, uh, "Hey, these are some things that you might want to look into, man. Hey, because mm-hmm. you, yeah." pretty much saying without saying hey there's it's something like, happening here yeah so and and niggas know something's wrong mentally when you know like you know yeah you cannot know like you know yeah but um it's it's just like <sighs> i understand where you're coming from and it's like even like right now i'm kind of getting just a tad bit emotional because right me too that's crazy like yeah it, it it's just a few months back like i i had an emotional breakdown it was it was a very emotional week and mm-hmm. when i say week i mean like from sunday to sunday you know what i'm saying like getting into it with my significant other getting into it with my mother and you know at that particular point i'm already in my feelings and feeling some type of way and you know how it's cancers when we you know are in our feelings and stuff like that we kind of just want to be left alone but then people just poking at you poking at you and then when you snap it's like oh oh you're the big bad guy and why like why are you doing that why are you talking to me like that or oh you're being disrespectful like well, it only you... makes me upset more. Exactly, and it's like, bruh. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like figure out how oh I'm my feeling. God, I get it. like exactly, and I'm trying to tell you in an effective way what's triggering me, what's going on, why I feel this way. Also, I'm trying to save you from destruction, even though nine times out of ten you just triggered me exactly. or you did something, and it's like, well, I kind of don't want to ruin all of this and have a like episode exactly like. And it's hard because, like, even for me, like, yes, I'm an emotional person in general. Um, you know what I'm saying? But I, I cry a lot, a lot out of frustration. Um, and it, it really it puts you, even though supposedly crying is therapeutic, at times it is. But when you are in a dark space and you feel yourself, like, it's almost like the world is shutting in on you. It it, mm-hmm. it doesn't help when you cry. And not at all. And for me, I try to or sometimes I really have to dig deep and I'm like, I have a bigger purpose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I I have this, this, this and this going on in my life. I'm in a good place. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like I kinda have to go through those things mentally and tell myself this. And, you know, shout out to my my work sister, aka my, at this point, she might as well just be my sister Alexis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been talking to her, and one of the things that's been weighing heavy on me is I really, really, really feel like I want to see a therapist. Because Man, you should. It's just like, I, I want to, okay, just to be blunt, I kind of feel like there's something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not even like a really right way to say it because it's like you feel right. like something's wrong with you, even though 
there's so many environmental things that are triggers and you know I feel like we're the generation like we're going to be the generation of change you know what I'm saying because our parents didn't really get support from their parents when it comes to mental health stuff and being able to express it so I feel like moving forward a lot of us once we Mm -hmm. do seek that help we can parent Mm -hmm. more effectively and have those conversations and you know help to at least if even the rest of the family don't want to talk about or deal with past traumas or things that were passed down mm-hmm. you know we would still have that like yeah you know I worked on me and right. I'm not going to apologize for how I'm going to start moving as it relates to the rest of y'all right. you know what I'm saying so yeah that, oh man this is I so I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge advocate now so this is only probably within a year Mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate for talking it out yeah whether it comes with friendship just like anything like you talk it out because you get no one's a mind reader right Mm -hmm. and and this is this is so sometimes I feel like I should be a, a relationship guru so I tell people one of the craziest things you can do in your life is be in a relationship. Mm. Something crazier than that is being married. And I'm gonna tell you why. It's because it, it's the it's the you make the conscious decision mm-hmm. to say, hey, I am willing to give a damn about someone else's mental. Mm. Speak a lot of people it. don't deal with their own. Speak on it. But we're we're so we're so driven for companionship, which I understand because that's how we're created. Yeah. But it's so like I don't think people people oh, Lord, I feel like I'm about to just go on a rant. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. People I idolize relationships so much, it's scary to me because they don't understand the sacrifice and being committed to one person. And this has nothing to do with sex. It's Mm -hmm. like you have to consciously make the decision every day that I care about someone else other than myself. Yeah. I feel like it also comes into with parenting as well. But see, but but here, so here's my theory on that. Well, parenting, you get a little more leeway Mm. because that's that's a forever growing thing. Like, there's no handbook on how to be a parent. It's literally trial and error. Yeah. Relationships you pick. Yeah. You choose to do that. Yeah. You don't choose. A lot of people don't. Well, you can choose to be a parent, but we know, in a lot of cases, you don't choose to just be a parent right away. Right. And as far as relationship goes, it's like the there's so many. Ex, like, oh, I'm getting stressed even thinking about it, yeah. which is why, like, I, I really, I, relationships, man, I can't, I can't, I'm not saying I can't do them. I can't do them. And to the woman I'm in a relationship now, okay, this is inclusive. You're about to get some real stuff here. Um, <laughs> we had a, we had a, not an incident, but we were, where were we coming from? We were coming from one of the drive-in movies, right? Oh, that's cute. Which was dope. 
RFK Stadium. We saw Get Out. It was amazing. It was lit. So, uh, before I want to say it was before or after that, she had a taste for uh, a McDonald's burger, right? Mm-hmm. And the McDonald's she went to by her house was closed. We went to two others. Now, I understand we got a taste of something and you don't get it. That pisses you off. Mm-hmm. So we went to at least multiple ones and we seen they were all closed. Mm. She's livid. I mean, pissed. And I'm sitting there like, la 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 la. La 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 I'm not, I'm not affected by it. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's go, I mean, going in. She got the radio on. I'm singing along with the radio <laughs> while she's pissed. Oh, Lord. I'm so she curves off on me, right? Yeah. And, and and in hindsight, I understand why, yeah. right? But then here's the here's where I think the way I think. I already acknowledge, um, you know, the that dang babe, ain't no McDonald's. That's that's crazy. I'm sorry that you you know had to hold up, blah blah. Hey, just take it on the chin. There's always tomorrow. Now, after the second or third McDonald's was closed, this is when she blows up. Now I'm over it personally. I'm over it. Right. Because it's like, well, that's not your battle to fight. Not, not at all. So this is this is my freaking point. Mm-hmm. People get in relationships forgetting that they have to take account for the other purpose, the other person's emotion, mm-hmm. whether it deals with them or not. And it's like, how can people do that? Like, when I tell you I was carefree, I was so carefree. Yeah. it's not funny but it's hilarious mm. I was so carefree because it did not affect me right Right. and she's sitting here pissed and so she was like well how how come you can't sympathize with me you're just so hard blah blah and the first thing that came out of my mouth which I now seems a little bit insensitive oh, right? man. I'm not hungry or I didn't want McDonald's don't tell me well, said that. I said one of them but I was like well I'm not I'm not tripping. Why, why would I be upset because you're upset? Like, this has nothing to do with me. Mm. I can care less. Now, granted, I should have worded that differently. Mm. But it, it just shows that this re- the relationship, like, you have to make the choice to give a damn. Yeah. Every, even if it does not, like, directly affect you. Yeah. When your partner is sad, you're supposed to inquire. You're supposed to care yeah and it's like because where i'm at mentally i don't care about a lot because i have my own crap to deal with yeah i'm not about to sit up here and be upset that mcdonald's is closed when i have baker (laughs) it's like but that comes off as very insensitive and standoffish and and red flag exactly right Mm -hmm. but that behavior is only uh, I guess materialized. I don't know, but because how numb I've become to disappointment. Mm. So if something doesn't work out, all right, whatever. That's just that's the way it is. Yeah. I haven't I haven't to this day learned how to effectively deal with disappointment, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I just brush it off, and I never like really address it. Address it, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Because am I just 
I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. And I think that's what that's what I like about life because it's a lot you don't know. Yeah. And I feel like it's supposed to be like that. Like you're not supposed to know everything, but you can find out everything. Oh, you can't find out everything. Well, for the majority, you can find out a lot. Uh, but not everything. I mean, Adam and Eve thought they had everything, and then boom, they got kicked out of the garden because they wanted to be smart asses. So because they found, they're beginning to find out everything. Uh, the prime prime example, right? You all right? You said Adam and Eve. In their world, they literally had everything they needed, right? Yeah. It was fine. They knew nothing but what they knew. Yeah. Which was everything to them. Yeah. Until a variable came up and showed them the possibility of something else. Yeah. Therefore, giving them the free will will and avenue to figure out everything else. Yeah. See? See what I did there? Yeah. I know. Should be a wordsmith. <laughs> okay, play a player from the Himalayas. How do you um how do you okay, so here's a question. How do you No, would you say you're in a better headspace now than you were five years ago? Um, that's circumstantial. Mm. I mean, I would say yes, but at the same time I would say no only because of the new challenges you know that I'm facing you know and as you get older you know you you gotta try to figure out how to navigate a lot of different situations um and like you said especially in relationships uh whether it's with your partner or even with you know your mother your dad whomever you know um I mean currently I would say I'm a lot stronger mentally um than I was five years ago uh I've confidence wise I'm definitely a lot more confident in who I am and who I'm becoming um Mm -hmm. and being able to stand up for myself in some instances because for me even though I may seem like it I'm very non-confrontational um but I do want to be heard like right. I, don't, I don't I don't deal well in confrontations where I'm being yelled at or you know people are raising their voice at me. I I don't do well in that. I shut down and I just get quiet or I just walk away and I'm just it just is what it is. Wherever the dime lands in that situation, that's where it stays and mm-hmm. I just leave that. So, but I will say I feel like I, I am a lot stronger mentally. Um and I do things that make me happy now um you know what I'm saying because that's better for my mental headspace and doing the things that I find joy in or the people that I'm around um yeah just just being able to be my true self if Mm -hmm. that makes sense because once you find things that allow you to be at peace um you know, not even mat- it doesn't necessarily matter the surroundings. I feel like that is a major step in growing mentally because right. you're you're doing things actively to curtail, not even curtail, but to and it's not even counteract either, but I guess to mend 
the things that you feel are wrong or Mm -hmm. are being done to you that's wrong. So, you know, I feel like I saw a quote somewhere. I don't don't remember it exactly, but um, no, it was actually a tweet. And uh, the person said, people are always upset and asking why I'm upset and not thinking about what they did to provoke me to be Mm. upset. And that hit home because it's so true. Like, I I don't go out of my way to try to provoke anyone. Like, if anything, I'm just going to stay in my lane, do what I do. And anybody that you, you know, that knows me, like, yeah, you'll see me around or whatever. But for the most part, you won't really know that I'm around. Or I'll show yeah. up and then I'll disappear. And that's about it. Like, you'll know that I was there. But, uh-huh. yeah, no. So I, I try not to provoke people, but I do I do get provoked a lot because I'm not saying that I know everything, but I hate when people say things and they expect me not to respond, especially uh-huh. if it's false information or it's incorrect or it's something that I know for a fact is one way and they're saying that it's another. Not saying that there's not multiple ways for things to get done or whatever the case may be, but... If I'm telling you a surefire way, don't try to make it seem like I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that that also plays as well in the whole mental aspect because it's like people belittling your te- intelligence, it that's mm-hmm. like ugh, that's the worst for me. Like I really hate that. I really hate that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Another question. How do you so what do you do? Um, let's say, do do you give yourself, not do you give yourself, but do you typically know when you're about to go into a dark episode? Like, uh-huh. do you know any, like, are there any signs where you know, uh, I'm, I'm about to be, like, zero dark 30 for a minute? Yeah, I, I do. Um, it, it starts for me really slow. It's like a slow build up. So it could be anything as far as my work life you know like little things building up at work that I feel some type of way about but I'm not really gonna do too much about it because once I leave work I'm gonna leave that at work you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but then in home life and relationship and everything like that it's like there's so many different moving parts and Mm -hmm. so many things that you have to be accountable for like you said in actually caring about those people's feelings and taking all that into consideration and then you know it starts with my irritability and fatigue Mm -hmm. and you know with that I try to get more sleep or you know just again find my quiet place even if I'm not doing anything like just because I'm available doesn't mean that I'm available to you you know what I'm saying so protecting just my quiet time so um you know but once that starts to fail and you know I'm still trying to pinpoint but Mm -hmm. I I can tell because I I feel physically more tired and you know like that little dark cloud that they be talking about Mm -hmm. like you just kind of feel just heavy like heaviness on your heart and just like mm-hmm. your spirit like your aura it just 
it's just I I don't really know how to describe it because it's a little bit different for everybody but that's Mm -hmm. just some of the things that I deal with so I'm gonna pose the same question to you how do you kind of piece together when you're about to go into that space uh for me it's i stop being sociable mm. like i now i'm a, i'm a huge texter like i can text everybody all day mm. but whether i'm triggered or just like what happens most of the time sometimes i'll just wake up and i'll go all right this is something's wrong mm-hmm. like why don't i appreciate life today like this is not something's about to happen and then I'll start thinking about that. So then, so um, I would just, I would not have the urge to communicate to anybody. Like, whatsoever. Mm. Like, no one. And I'll see that happening. I'm going, okay, I know what's about to, what's about to happen. I'm getting ready to just disconnect from mm. everybody. And it's like, I think one of the, one of the hardest things for me now to this day still is trying to reassure people that you're okay that i'm okay now i now at 28 i have a better handle on things now mentally when i get like this Mm. than i did younger because when i was younger i was reckless and you know blah blah but now i'm smarter i know how to take time i know how to deal with things blah blah but one another blessing and a curse another blessing the curse to me is the fact that the older I become, the more open I am about my depression, mm. my anxiety, how I don't really have that many good days. Yeah. And I only do that now because I know that there's someone like me out there. Yeah. Right? And That's powerful, though. I, exactly, right? But the, the thing that makes me sad is as open as I've become, Mm-hmm. I feel like people now watch for the wrong reasons mm. because I, I, I don't feel anyone. And, and this is crazy. This is crazy because this is not the case, but I have believed it in myself. Mm-hmm. I feel no one cares still. Yeah. And they did, they wouldn't care unless I openly talked about it. So even though people know, like my followers know Facebook, guys, they know I suffer from depression, mm. but to be given that information from someone like me, but I, st- I still don't see anyone checking up. Mm. It's like, why did I put myself out there? I know why I did it. And yeah. it's good that I did it. But it's like, I st- and I can, I know I can be complete. I know I can be completely wrong. Yeah. I know that there's someone who prays for me, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. who genuinely cares. I know there's people who actually watch whatever I post just to see, all right, is he cool? Is he straight? Yeah. Because people have certain ways of just, you know, doing things. Yeah. But what what pisses me off is like, I'm really such an open book, man. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, I, I still feel like no one, I can't, I can't take anyone to be genuine for their concerns about me if I never said anything for example I have like I have tons of dark days and I found better ways now to talk about it whether 
I'm going on the rant on Twitter, which I do a lot. Like, I I rant on Twitter a lot, especially about my mental health. And when I go back and read it, I go, damn, that was that was a bad day. But the lack of interaction what pisses me off because I'm to me it's like I'm I'm not pleading, but I'm pleading with society, hey, yeah, something is wrong. Uh, Does anyone see what's wrong? Yeah. Even though I'm telling you what's going on in my head. Right? And so I use Twitter as an outlet to do it. Yeah. I even use my content to do it. Like I made a, a video a couple of months back uh, called I'm Fine. And it was just lyrics from songs speaking about death and depression. Mm. Right? And the only thing I did in it was write a letter and said I'm trying. But it's like I I give people so much ammunition to be good and help people like me, but it seems nothing is done. Well, to be honest with you, a lot of people, you know, and like we started this whole conversation off with, um, a lot of people aren't equipped to do that. Just because you, you're armed with that ammunition doesn't mean you know how to use it. Um, I get that. And don't don't cry for me or feel bad if I die, and especially if it's by my hand. So that's where my that's where my frustration comes. Because if at any moment I feel I'm not strong enough and I take myself out, then I know I can't blame nobody but myself. But in the afterlife, I'm blaming everyone else. Yeah, because you because I I told you this. Yeah. I gave you all the red flags. I gave you everything and nothing was done. Like to like I I'm open for myself because this is being open and transparent is healing for me. Right. Like everybody can't do it. I get it. Yeah. They have other avenues of healing. But for me being me being the guy that says, "Hey, I'm an advocate for depression. I don't care what status I have. Oh, bet I I'll, I'll wear it." Yeah. Like I, because it does, it doesn't affect how others may not feel, you know, strong enough to to go. I want to speak about it, yeah. or I don't want to be. I can care less if I'm judged. Like, whatever, I'm healing. I can care less. Like, right. But that's the whole point in you doing it. You know what I'm saying? You did it exactly to feel free of that whole depressive state. And once but, you came out of that, it's like yes, you're gonna still have those moments, but also you know that you told your truth. Exactly, but in the event now again, I I've honestly given up it trying to commit suicide because it didn't work out. But yeah, and if you do that, I'm personally going to resuscitate you and beat your ass. Like there we go. This is and this is the love that we all need. But it's like, but no, I'm dead serious. Why are we though? so? I don't understand how society is so. <sighs> because, like Martin Luther King said. The revolution will be televised. If it's Martin not one, it, I, I don't know. It's I don't think he said. I don't think somebody he said prolific that. said it though. Speaking of prolific, happy belated birthday to Nipsey Hussle, King Nip. Yes, who was also an advocate for mental health and stuff like that. You know? Wasn't he? Like, yeah. But you know, to to backtrack though, whomever said that the revolution will be televised was absolutely right because the revolution 
on how you and I are able to, you know, sit here and communicate in what is a very healthy and, you know, effective manner, it says a lot, you know, right. we're 28 years old and we still got a shit ton more to do in this world, but we're sitting here talking about things that affect us they in our day-to-day life you know what i'm saying that people don't see or even the people around us like aren't truly able to acknowledge or do anything about it you know what i'm saying so that right there in itself like i am truly especially as somebody that's known you since like we've known each other since we were what like 13 yeah you know what i'm saying like i am truly proud of you for being able to be as open you know what I'm saying on such a wide platform and you know just just walk into your truth man like no I'm saying like I'm actually getting like really teary eyed low key but no for real like I'm serious because even in you you know what I'm saying like saying that you've given up on trying to take your own life that that's a major step in Shit. It's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. You know, and don't do this. <laughs> and you you know healing and 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 you know shit. No, <laughs> dealing no, no. with your trauma. You know what I'm saying? I, I and it, it's I feel like even in you having this conversation right now, it's a, a bit liberating for me and you know, some of the past traumas that I've experienced myself. You know what I'm saying? And you're worth it. Right. And I think, so, and I think, I feel like, I feel like, so, it's not that I'm, it's not that I want to, I want to change the narrative of Mm -hmm. mental health, right? Yeah. Because, uh, now, the funny thing is that the people who suffer from mental health, this entire battle is in your head, which is crazy. It's like, it switches that fast. Mm -hmm. And you said the, the whole you're worth it thing, it's like, that's, that's what I want people to focus on. Yeah. It's like, like, focus on the things that you got going for you. Exactly like, right. It's like, man, it's so much to live for. Yeah. But it's like, it's hard to live. For it's it. hard to. It's hard to live for. It. Yeah. And you know, one thing that one one thing that makes me really sad. Again, like it's 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 challenging me to. It's challenging for me to reassure people that I'm okay, even though I'm physically telling you I'm not okay. Yeah. When I say I'm okay, I'm okay to the point where I'm not going to do nothing stupid anymore. Mm. But I'm not okay. But what's, what's sad to me is to watch people want to help me. Yeah. Want to be there. And I have to tell them, no, there's literally nothing you can do. Like that's the that's the crazy. There's nothing. Whenever I have an episode, there's nothing anyone can say or actually do because this is an internal battle. Yeah. And at any moment, I can get up and say, "I'm better." Yeah. That's the crazy thing about you know your mental health. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, like, you know, my significant other, he, he's dealt with that also, and. Mm-hmm it makes me feel super defeated sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know, and seeing him go through those moments and, you know, trying to be supportive because 
you know, even before the relationship and everything like that, like that was my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we had that friendship before anything. And you just, hey, you triggered me. You triggered me. What? You what triggered happened? me. Like, this is this is crazy, right? And but okay, not to cut you off, but yeah. you get to a whole nother point in your healing where you can announce when you've been triggered. Uh, right? Yeah. Because I haven't you, necessarily been to that met that point yet. And and that's that's fine. But when it so like normal, I'm really about to this is crazy. I'm about to cry. No, so don't do that. You will make me cry. Da, da, da. <laughs> so this is so gay. I know, like this <laughs> I didn't know this episode was gonna take this turn. But hey, people need to hear it, man. Yeah. So the, everybody's growth mentally is just different, right? So mm-hmm. I'm at the point now in my life where I can now address things that trigger me. If someone says something, a comment, blah, 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 whatever, an environment triggers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. When that comes, it's so different how you like view life because you can make the decision to either address it yeah. or leave it alone. You said when you were talking that your significant other, you guys were best friends first. Like You had yeah. the friendship. Yeah. And I said, you triggered me. You triggered me because my last relationship. So my last relationship um everything from when we broke so everything from last november well actually no everything from 2019 in january up until this very day Mm -hmm. this chapter has been very dark Mm. and it all stems from my last relationship and who i was she was my best friend. Mm-hmm. My best friend. Like, my best friend I've ever had. Wow. And was It's okay, bro. It's okay. Was messed up. So, I'm only able to talk about it now because I didn't get the healing until April. Mm. Right? Um, the young lady that I'm in a relationship now helped me identify the hurt that I've been through mm. because I was hurting her. Mm. Bro, like this gets deep. Mm-hmm. Oh no, trust me. I, I yeah. really understand because I've, so, I've been there. Trust me. I, I have been um, in those same shoes that you were about to jump right. into. But that's going to be a whole other episode. So, that's, that's another episode. We, it, it's so much. Um, my my best friend at the time, who happened to be my significant other at the time, like she knew the ends and she knew the ins and out of me. Yeah. She knew about my depression and like she knew and she was there for me multiple occasions. Right. Mm-hmm. So one day she threw in the towel mm. and. To what I thought she just threw in the towel in the relationship, she threw in the towel in everything. Mm. And I would take your time. Shut up, we not in church. (laughs) (laughs) And um I've never felt so worthless. 
and like low, like I felt like shit. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, because till this day, I have yet to be given a reason why. Can I give you a little hint? Go. So, from a female perspective, and someone who has seen their best friend kind of at their lowest of lows, um, it becomes very challenging. You know, even though you mean well, um, it 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 becomes very challenging to always be the strong one mm, if, okay. that makes, if that don't, makes sense don't want, to, don't want to stop you there so this is when the story this is when the story gets crazy mm. so she herself mm-hmm. been through a lot mm-hmm. like I'm surprised she's still alive and how we started our friendship was Oh my gosh, this is going to be a long episode. This is crazy. Um, So, I met her in 2013 or 14, mm. uh, medical school, mm. right? And I thought she was cute. I tried to holler <laughs> at her. <laughs> I tried to holler at her, whatnot. And she was like, You a hoe. Ain't nobody doing that. And I was like, Respect. Mm. Right? left her alone, didn't bother. It wasn't until after we graduated. Um, I think we followed each other on Instagram or something. I don't know how it happened. But we ended up following each other and just talking. And like we just became friends. Yeah. Um, at the time, she was going through a lot with her family. She up, took her son and ran away from home. Mm. And doing this, we were still talking. So she called me while she was on the bus to Ohio. Oh, wow. And That started, like, a friendship. Because I'm not saying, like, I'm the best advice giver, but I'm pretty pretty wise and all this stuff, blah, blah. So we start talking, and I was like, okay, let's build this friendship here. In the midst of that, Mm -hmm. she developed feelings for me. Uh At this time, time, I was engaged to someone. Ah, man. Yeah, no, this... Listen... Yeah, trying. we we gonna have to. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> nah, we gonna cut it right there because that's that's too juicy. That's a whole okay, thing. right? Okay, bet. So entanglements. We're hello. entanglements. Oh, so, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna give you the short, condensed version of this whole story, and then we are gonna go back and touch on that on entanglements too. Exactly right. So imagine a friendship being like a pure, genuine friendship being started. Now, granted, she did express her feelings towards me. Mm-hmm. And I recognized them, didn't make her feel stupid before, but I was saying, hey, let's be friends. Like, let's. I'm the type of person that when it comes to a relationship, mm-hmm. I need to make sure a foundation there is solid. Like, I, I value friendship because I don't, I don't consider myself to have many friends. Right. So she was the first woman I was ever friends with first. Now, she was very consistent for two <laughs> years. Of trying to be in a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And I was still, you know, being a player. So what so and so. Donnie said uh, you got that walk. Right, come on now. So <laughs> uh to the point where I would like like I I knew she liked me and wanted to be with me, right? Yeah. 
because we were close friends i would still do stuff for her as if she was my girlfriend at the time Mm. but this is my this is my best friend i got you right Mm -hmm. um to the point where i would go to a woman's house do some grown-up stuff and then come back to her house spend a night Mm -hmm. and i would tell her about it because that's my best friend Mm. granted she had to take the information i was giving her about someone who she wants to be with out here seeing with other women. So mm-hmm. I understand the the toll that can take on someone. Yeah. So then when I finally decided in 2017 to give her a shot at relationship, I never took account of how mentally fatigued she became. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was able I was able to separate relationship and friendship because that's just how I that's how I've compartmentalized my mind. And I realized that she couldn't do that mm-hmm. because she finally got the relationship who she wanted to be with, mm-hmm. but it came with at the expense of all this time and all this rejection. So now a lot, a lot of more factors played in to why we broke up. Like her, like it's a lot, but we're gonna save that for another episode. But where my life literally like. I'm not going to say went downhill. Like from age 26 to now, this has been a very dark period mentally, but I'm growing in the midst of this. So I'm not completely bummed out about it. Yeah. But it's it's been really dark because my ride or die left me mm. without explanation. And it made me question everything about myself. And till this day, she does not speak to me. I can understand it. But peep this. Imagine having someone when you have your episodes, <laughs> when you've had multiple suicide attempts, that they're there for you. Yeah. And then when they take that away for their own personal reasons, and an episode comes and you reach out to them. Like, it was a week before my 27th birthday. Bad episode coming on. And and at this time, me and her still wasn't talking. Like, I still haven't seen her, talked to her, none of that. And I said, you know what? Fluff it. I'm going to just put myself out there, put my pride aside. I'm going to track this woman down because I need my best friend. Like, this can end very badly for me if I don't have the support that I'm used to having that I know. Yeah. And I remember calling her on the phone and she was at work and she randomly picked up, which was weird because mind you, I haven't talked to her in forever. Yeah. And I was like, hey, right. She said at work, I'm about to leave. I was like, all right, that's all I said. She was like, are you okay? And I didn't say anything because I just went quiet because it's like, Yo, I, I had so much to say to her. Yeah. Like, female, where have you been? Like, what, what happened? Like, I needed so much answer in that brief moment of me being quiet. I said nothing, and she just hung up. Mm. And so I'm like, shit. I just blew up. so then I was like, all right, I'm gonna just drive to her house. I drive to her house because I know um, she's on her way home. So I know how long it took, blah, blah, blah. Because remember, we dated. So 
I end up driving and I saw that her car wasn't in her parking lot. I mean, in her parking space. Mm. So I parked in her parking space. Mind you, we haven't seen each other in so long. Mm. So I don't know how this is going to go at all. Yeah. Right? But I know what I need and I need my ace boom coon right there because to, because to me there's nothing more powerful than a friendship and a bond. Yeah. I can till this day to all my listeners and this is probably going to sound bad and to the person I'm in a relationship with now we can talk about it later. I can care less about someone loving me. I want you to trust me. Because mm-hmm. if you trust me, then the, the bond is solidified. There's literally nothing that can happen to fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Love, to, ugh, I'm not about to get into that. So, that's what I was looking for from my ex best friend. Mind you, again, we haven't talked in so long. Yeah. So, I call her, I blow her phone up. And she didn't answer the first two times. I sent her a text. I was like, yo, where are you? She was like, I'm home. I'm sitting outside in the car. And mind you, <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a creep. I wanted to be like, I don't see a car out here. But uh, okay. Mm. So I was like, well, can you come outside? I just really need to talk to you. Mm. And she said, I'm tired. Mm. All of a sudden, I went from being depressed to heated as hell. Because <laughs> I'm like, the fuck you mean you tired? Like, do you not see the distress symbol up in the air, Batman? Like, th- no, this is about to go bad. This is what you do. You help me when I get like this. Why aren't you helping me? Maybe. I was like, yo, I just need like 10 minutes of your time. Like, I just, just need you to come out and talk to me. Like, help me for a second. She proceeds to say, I'm tired. I'm laying down in bed. Why would you even come here? Again, we haven't t- spoken to each other in so long. I don't know where her energy's coming from and why. The last thing she ever said to me, we were at um, we were in Silver Spring at the Hibachi Jump. Uh. And I, I took her out for her. So we had already broken up, but I took her out for her birthday. And the last thing she said to me was, I have commitment issues when it comes to you, and I just need time apart. Mm. I, un, un, unwarranted. She just says that to me. So from that point, I'm confused. So then you factor in February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So a whole year of not getting any answers, any clarity, and all communities taking off. But the one time I reach out to call her, she picks up. Hmm. So I'm confused, like, wait a minute. What what kind of monkey wrench is life throwing me? Because, oh, because she had blocked me from everything. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, the moment I call, you pick up. So I'm like, okay, is there hope? Like, what's going on? So she um she says, well, you need to leave. Again, I'm confused about where this energy is coming from mm-hmm. because I am a friend in need. Why are you pushing me away? Somebody else was in the picture. Girl, it gets so deep. 
I mean, honestly, when a female starts to really truly give you the cold shoulder like that, in addition, she dropped the hint when she was like, I have commitment issues when it comes to you. That was a flag already that she was in a relationship and she told the person about y'all's situation and they weren't comfortable with, you know, the level, you know, that y'all were on. So she had to cut that off. I know, and, and again, I understand. I understand to this day. I understand it, but where is the respect for the friendship that was built? I don't care about. I don't care about any woman that moves on from me after a relationship. I can care less. Go be happy. But to throw away a friendship, I mean, that's to me. To me, this is this is Rudolph Donald Spears the Third speaking. To me, that's the dumbest, selfish thing you can do. Because you, you, you're any person over the age of twenty-one is capable is capable of knowing how to manage relationships. Yes, you have to. You have to be able to know that. I'm gonna cut you off for a second, though. That's all fine. That's all true. Not but at the same time, uh-huh. you have to realize. It, this is going to be a little bit of tough love. In her removing herself, you know, again, like I said initially, it's hard to kind of be strong for yourself and to be strong for somebody else. But when, okay, female perspective, when you've moved on and you feel like you've been slighted, because the only, I, I'm just an outsider. This is my first time hearing this. So it seems like she feels like she might have been slighted by you in some way. And in moving on in her situation. I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying how I'm viewing it. uh, I really, I really wanted to make sense to me. Like, you don't understand. You don't understand. Shalon, you don't understand. This has turned into, this episode has turned into a therapy session, guys. Look at this healing going on right now. This is what I don't understand. There's so much history there of history, a good history friendship. Don't, history don't matter. Of a I, good friendship. Yes. That, the friendship was fine. never bad. That's fine. But you but, remove your, you cut your, you're okay with cutting your losses of absolutely. a friendship because a relationship didn't work out. Absolutely. Because. What? Because. I'm going to tell you why. Because I've been there before. You, you're smoking crack. No, Listen. Everybody, men and women process things completely different. Like you said, she had to deal with two years of being denied of something that she wanted, but she had a friendship that was there. The relationship meant more to her than that friendship at that moment because once you become, I was a hoe. That doesn't matter when somebody Who wants to wants, be in a relationship with a hoe. When someone loves you, regardless of your past, regardless of what it is that they know about you, when someone truly loves you, they are able to accept and look past those things that you find derogatory about yourself. Okay, so I don't want—I don't mean it—I don't mean it uh, to cut you off here. And I was really going to try to save like the meat and potatoes for another episode, mm-hmm. but hey, this may end up helping me out, right? Mm. A lot of factors played into us finally just saying, hey, let's go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. So the going the separate ways 
to a degree, was very neutral. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. I watched this young lady be mentally just attacked and fatigued dealing with her own life. Her fa- So her family played a big part in this, right? Huge part. And to wit, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I'm about to I'm about to push the yay button. Oh man. Because it I to this day, man, I don't I don't listen, I say this publicly, I say this on air, I say this with a witness. I don't want a relationship with her again. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm upset. I can cut my loss with I'm not I, to this day, I'm not a a good boyfriend. A relationship means just really I'm not that mature. And it's not like because I cheat, but it's just mentally I'm not that good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've identified in. I don't want to work on it because I value myself and getting to know me more than putting that, putting that personal growth aside to worry about a relationship. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. Like if someone if someone asks me right now, do you want to be in a happy relationship with somebody for the next twenty years, or do you want to get to know yourself to better yourself? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick myself. Yeah. Because I I have to know what makes me me. What what makes me tick? Why do I do this? For example, I didn't get a lot of affection from my mom growing up. Now, I knew my mother loved me. Mm-hmm. Like my mom's the best mom ever. She provided all that stuff. But when it came to physical affection, the hugging and kissing, mm-hmm. I didn't get that from my mom. Mm-hmm. My older brother got it yeah. because my, my older brother was the older, he was the firstborn. And, you know, he mentally challenged growing up a lot so that I understand the attention. I came out, air quote, normal, Yeah, you know, blah, blah. I came out more wittier, tougher, blah, blah. But that lack of affection from my mom, I began to seek it from other women. Mm. So it's like, I don't mind playing your boyfriend if I'm going to get this out of you. Mm. You was a sugar baby out here, son? You feel me? Uh, I got a lot of stories about that, actually. <laughs> it's time for the Did You Know segment of the show. Did you know? Because if you didn't know, now you know. And I'm going to tell you some stuff that you didn't know. Because I know you didn't know because I didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> It that was actually like disgusting, that. but hey, it's, it's okay. For the record, I didn't spit. Hey, oh, thank you. I'm glad to know that. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I digress. Who's taking off the digital facts? All right, so kicking off, did you know facts? So, Mark Cuban, um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with the show Shark Tank. Uh, Shark Tank. Baby shark, doo doo. Anyway, uh, Mark Cuban, he has a higher net worth than all the other Shark Tank hosts. Like, oh, combined. combined. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, Mark yeah. is. Yeah, no, I, I can see it, actually. Like, like his, his pockets run deep. Some deep put her to sleep, sorry. Whoa. And since we're talking about rich people oh. stuff, um, did you all know that Tony Stark is about three billion richer than Bruce Wayne? 
aka Batman. Three, three billion what? He's he's three billion dollars oh, richer. Man. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, oh, my bad. Could have been three, yes. three uh, billion bit. I mean, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> did you know that Albert Einstein never Albert Einstein never knew how to drive a car? There, no. look at that dropping bombs on him. <laughs> did you know that it took Leonardo da Vinci ten years to paint the Mona Lisa? That sounds about right. It's really interesting. That it is. That it is. And it's like on a ceiling too. Oh no! You yeah, said not the, Mona the um, Lisa? not the. Uh, I know the, exactly the, what you're the, talking about. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the angels. Mm-hmm. Got what that's called. Mm-hmm. I got another one. Did you know? <laughs> what? Oh, did sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened right there. I just. She went dumb for a second. Did you know that scissors were most likely invented in ancient Egypt? I mean, I can believe that. <laughs> Which scissors are they talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Well, I apologize. Don't don't even entertain that one. I had no intentions wow. on it. Did you know that Barack Obama and Brad Pitt are ninth cousins? That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, but Brad's down for the cause, though. So it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that's good enough. I mean, he was married to Angelina Jolie. Okay, we have to she black. I mean, she got like four black kids. She brought four black kids. She saved those kids' lives. Don't do that. Don't do that. Save a life for spending. And, she, and she does a lot for the world. She has a lot of nonprofits. You know what I'm saying? Like she, you know, she's she's on top of her her tax you know, return. Gotcha. All right. Did, I can't stand you. Did you know that wind actually does not make a sound unless it blows against an object? Okay, but if you're out in like an empty field, how does it whistle though? How does a whistle blow? No, how does the wind whistle though? Against your ear. It's an object. Oh. I mean You don't for example, you don't hear the wind blow when you see the uh you see grass move. But you know there's some wind right there. <laughs> Knowledge. Look at that. Yeah. That's there lit. It's lit. <laughs> what else you got? Damn. Okay, well, um, this is gonna be uh, some really weird stuff, but you know, it's 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 just kind of puzzling. But uh, Aristotle, mm. uh, he, he believed that the best age to marry uh, was eighteen for women and thirty-seven for men, or a little earlier for men. Um, so earlier than thirty-seven, but thirty-seven That's for sure. Strange. Very. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that on average you blink twenty five thousand times a day? Just after the I mean, it makes sense. But and on top of that, like you lose track of how many times you're blinking. I, have, anyway. I, I lost count. Now. Um, I've just been blinking away, which is weird. Like it's, <laughs> since saying that, I at least blinked a hundred times. Yeah, probably. Did you know? Seth McFarlane, hey. he was a writer. 
he was a writer for uh, Dexter's Laboratory. And I Johnny heard Bravo. about that. Yeah, he, he was great. Yes. He was in the game a long time. Bro. Seth MacFarlane is like ancient at this yes. point. Did you know by age 60, most people would have lost half their taste buds? Wait, yeah. by 60? I don't know. Well, I guess that makes sense why they served them puree foods in the nursing home. I don't know why that was funny. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> Shout out to I'm all the people in the nursing homes. Uh, we call that last call. All right, keep going. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, oh my god! Sorry. <sighs> okay, so we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna bounce back to a little bit of astrology here. I said astrology, yes, astronomy. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so some astronomy facts. Uh, did you know that? 63 Earths could fit inside of Uranus, the oh, planet. I'll, listen. <laughs> listen. Listeners, I apologize because I was about to say my booty hole small. I ain't nothing getting up in there. As TMI, but you came out. That's a hot take. You came out really just. <laughs> yeah, you nothing going to my anus, ma'am. I'm sorry. I don't care how much you pay me. I lie. Okay. Um, actually, one has If there's anyone out there that knows a better pronunciation for Uranus, mm-hmm. there it is. <laughs> uh, please, please let us know um, so we can go ahead and uh, start calling it appropriately or whatever, something. Okay, let's know. get out of Uranus and let's go here. <laughs> Did you know that a soap bubble? It's 10,000 times thinner than the average human hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think on that one. And while you're thinking on that one, did you know that the human body creates 2 million, actually 2.5 million new red blood cells every second? I mean, that makes sense because our blood cells die fast and then they have to like go through like all our arteries and shit. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured Stewie in my head. That's funny. <laughs> All right, but did you know to grow potatoes, you have to plant actual potatoes? Well, what? They're seed. Yeah. No, like to you grow a potato. Have to plant a whole potato. Yeah, that's crazy. Which bears the question: Which came first, the potato? Oh potato. my gosh! Mm. Oh, Yo, like, that's cr- that's crazy. Yeah, the more you know, man. The more All right, here's you know. my last one. Did you know that the dollar sign was introduced in 1788? The, the dollar what? sign. Yeah. Oh wow! You said 1788. 1788. Yeah, man. What happened to him? Um, he got into the real estate thing. Okay, chameleonaire. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been dropping new music actually, and it's been really good. Like, I feel like Loki. I'm one of those people that actually, like, really kind of sort of bang with him Mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm, bit. mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. All right, here we go. One more fact. It got to be a good one too. Okay, so, boom. Listen to this, right? The creator 
of Barbie and Ken named the dolls after their, uh, well, I'm sorry, after her children. So, yeah. The couple, they're like actually siblings in real life. Eh, you could have done better. I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. Did you know that the dishwasher was invented in 1889? And guess what they were mm-hmm. using before then? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. All right, come on, give me, oh, are you sure? give me a good one. I need to go in and finish this. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yep. Are you sure? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I got a, a good one. This is going to throw you off. So. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I got to get it out. Please. All right. So, did you know that male elephants sometimes use their penis as a fifth leg to support their weight? Hmm. Mhm. How? Yep. What's your What's your mean? How? Want, is there like video footage of this? Or... <laughs> I want to see that. Actually, I've never <laughs> seen an elephant's penis. Oh, I don't think we're supposed to. Well, guess what? I'm about to look up. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Listen, if I have oh to see a horse god. penis, a dog penis, a whale's penis. What in the world does an elephant pee? Oh my Jesus! Whoa! I don't even want to know what just I happened. To see why Africa reigns supreme, <coughs> black men. <coughs> Whoa! Boy, oh boy. This is. I... They do it from the back too. This is crazy. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. Read your um. Read read that fact one more time because I think the fact you just read there's a picture of exactly what you just said. Nope, go ahead, do it. Ooh, this one got a little lag on it. Oh my gosh. So the fact. Oh, the fact the, was. This is animal porn. <laughs> Sir. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm just. Well, that's all for uh, Did You Know Facts, guys. <laughs> Look at the white lady. Come on now. Get out of here. What the animal do what it got to do? She's just right there looking. Yo, that thing is huge. Like, I. I've never been fascinated before in my life with this. This, <laughs> yo, we got a curve. Like, something just got a curve. The white hey, boy yo. is holding the broken. Oh, no, no, that's not. Okay, I was, about, I was about to say, y'all take this too far, you Anglo Saxon. Stop. I, I, I was literally about to say, sir, he, he, you've got I too apologize, far. guys. <laughs> you you just went all the way down the rabbit hole. No, this is. Mm-mm. They gonna cook that joke? Look at what? that. That does it, guys, for uh, the segment of Did You Know? I learned about stuff. And apparently, I did not know elephants were this hung. You would think they are because they're so gigantic, but mm-mm. not like this. Mm-hmm. Not like this. This is, this is a. Uh... Is it weird I'm still scrolling? Why are you? 
Like, no, you you have to look at this. Like, you told me to redeem myself for this. I'm sorry. Did you know? You know what? I can't. This is fascinating. (laughs) This is too much. Oh my gosh! I've seen elephant penis before. This is too much. This is this is a lot to take in. I'm sure it is. You see how big it is? Golly. All right. <laughs> you you really 